SummerSlam 2021, man, fucking intro. I hate to be so so vulgar and I hate to be so uh, profane. Let's see. Bianca and, and, and Becky. Great to see Becky back. She didn't need to squash Bianca because in all honesty, where were we going to see... Where was there a more perfect setting for a 20-minute classic between Sasha and, and excuse me, Bianca and, and Becky? Where is there more appropriate? You have 50,000 fans. Where is there more appropriate? Goldberg, listen, don't, don't get me started about Goldberg, please, please, because I forecasted this shit like a weatherman before it even happened. I don't even want to hear about that. Great to see Brock Lesnar back. What major event are we having Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar at? In the near future. You know what? There were good moments from this show. All around wasn't really a good show. CM Punk was the story of the weekend. And we knew that. SummerSlam 2021 review. Stay right here. Oh my god. Oh my god. I feel agitated. I feel agitated. I feel really agitated, folks. Listen. Listen. No matter what happens, uh, excuse me one second while I put my password in here. No matter what happens last night, we all know that Jesus Christ could have resurrected publicly to close the show last night at SummerSlam. And there was absolutely nothing that WWE could do to get a bigger moment than AEW had Friday night. The moment that AEW had Friday night. You can take that moment, and it may be another 15 years before we can recreate something like that. I'm not here to talk about AEW, because that's separate. I will give WWE some credit, because there were some things they did last night at SummerSlam that were very good. There were some things that I think a lot of people enjoyed, and then there were some things that people tried to enjoy until they fucking ruined it. They fucking ruined it. I am high, high alert. I think we all are. We're all still coming off of that high from Friday night. Listen, CM Punk fan or not, unless you personally hate him, you cannot deny the impact that CM Punk has had on the wrestling community in the last 48 hours. I don't think there's a single person that could sit here and tell you that that moment was not big. Was there big moments last night at SummerSlam? Yes, there was. But we knew, and I will repeat it again, that there is nothing that WWE would have done that could have made it bigger. The Rock could have come back. That would have been monumental. Stone Cold could have came back. Big E could have cashed in. There was nothing that they were going to do that was going to make that outshine. Now, they had a good, valiant effort. See, this is all good before I get into SummerSlam. People don't realize this is good. If you are an AEW fan, you should be excited as a WWE fan right now. And it sounds really ass backwards because it's like, well, why would I be excited about WWE when AEW is making all the moves? They're making all the punches. You need to be excited about WWE because I think Vince McMahon is starting to actually finally realize that this is actual legit competition. You're going to start to see WWE's ratings go down. They're not going to go out of business. I think that's a stretch. People that sit here and say, WWE's going out of business. No, it's not. Vince McMahon has money out of the ass. This is WWE's biggest financial year in God knows how long. So for somebody to sit here and say, oh, uh, 
WWE's going out of business. No, it's not. They're losing business, but they're not going out of business. If this prompts WWE to say, now we have to step it up, WCW, man, the WCW days, they were forced to step it up, and WWF eventually brought out WCW, and they won the war. Right? I don't think WWE is going to outwork AEW, but this can, can be great for WWE. It should have been great from the beginning, but now maybe Vince McMahon's realizing. Now, that's not me sitting here saying, oh, I expect the shit show to change because I don't. I really don't. I expect there to be better television. Raw tonight should be a banger. WWE should come out and say, we're going to give the best possible show that we can because AEW is on our ass. And if you ask me, AEW has <laughs> AEW has already passed them by. Maybe not financially, maybe not worldwide popularity-wise, but certainly from an entertainment value and a fan standpoint. The most hardcore fans of 10-plus years that actively are following uh, WWE as they continue to you know, go forward or following wrestling as a whole will sit here and they will specifically tell you that AEW is a better product. Maybe I'm a little bit biased because CM Punk's my favorite ever. Maybe I'm a little bit biased because I gravitated so much towards AEW's goal and, and how they go about their, their business. Maybe. But I also realize that WWE does still have value. The problem is, is that AEW is starting to steal their thunder. And it all becomes, how do they respond to that? Let's get into SummerSlam. Like I said, some things I liked, some things I didn't. Uh, Big E, this is your Money in the Bank winner, is on the kickoff show against Baron Corbin, who couldn't afford a piece of chocolate if he wanted to. Listen, I like Baron Corbin, okay? I'm not a fan of his ring style. I think Baron Corbin's one of those guys where we as humans and we as wrestling fans, we realize Baron Corbin is not terrible. Baron Corbin is not bad. WWE's given Baron Corbin different things, and I give him credit because I think sometimes Baron Corbin is a tricky individual because a lot of people, myself included, a lot of people look at Baron Corbin and they say he does his job and he does it well, but he doesn't garner anybody's interest. We don't look at Baron Corbin as a guy that's going to be a world champion. We don't look at Baron Corbin as a guy that's going to move the needle. And if you watch wrestling regularly, you're going to understand what I'm saying. I do not think Baron Corbin is, is garbage. I think Baron Corbin is a very hard person to dissect because you look at Baron Corbin and you say, WWE clearly has no plans to do anything with this guy ever, but they give him these gimmicks and he makes them work. Baron Corbin is one of those guys where he can jump into a feud with any mid-card talent. And, the, and whether you like Baron Corbin or not, it works for Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin is not bad, it's just he doesn't generate the level of interest from people that you want from a wrestler. He just doesn't. That's just the way that it is. I used to hate Baron Corbin. I thought when the feud was with Roman Reigns, I said, Dear God, please make this end. I garnered to, in a way, kind of like Baron Corbin, but understand that he's not... It's just such a difficult thing to explain. I'm going to get a drink of water. We're already at eight minutes here, Jesus Christ. I'll 
have returned okay so when I look at Baron Corbin I don't look at a guy that goes much further than what they give him you could think of a guy like in WWE Cody Rhodes when he was in WWE he made what he did work he had some entertainment they put him in the main event a little bit but he wasn't improving or it was just stale I can't explain it anyways Big E versus Baron Corbin in the kickoff show uh, I'm not even really going to go over the notes on this because I just don't feel it's necessary. Uh, Biggie got his briefcase back. He never really lost it. Baron Corbin took it. Uh, maybe he could sell it on eBay because the way he comes out looking in WWE, he could use money, but so could I. Um, unspectacular kickoff show again. I haven't had any interest for a WWE kickoff show. The only one I watch is the one for WrestleMania. Because I know there's the Battle Royale. And for some reason, I have interest towards the Andre the Giant Battle Royale. But even though we all know it's meaningless. I can't even sit here and tell you who won. Oh, they didn't have... Did they have it this past year? I have no idea who won. I generally cannot sit here and tell you who has won. Let's, let's look it up. I know I sound really wired. I'm really, like, just on edge today. Um, let's see. Uh, WrestleMania... Battle Royale. Did they even have it? Okay, they didn't have it for 37. I don't think they did. Yeah, I mean, you know, COVID was still kind of going on. You're not going to put 30 people in a ring at once. I get that. All right. Back to SummerSlam. Okay. Biggie wins the kickoff match. Congratulations. Next, the show opens up with a very good match. I think this match was great. Um, I think we've all kind of grown to really have a liking towards Matt Riddle. He's very corny. He's very, uh, I don't want to say the word cringe, but Matt Riddle's cool. Listen, Randy Orton's a goat. At this point in Randy Orton's career, you know, he's just having fun, racking up his accolades, doing what he has to do. Does he have another world title run in him? Probably. Uh, Raw Tag Team Championship, Styles and Omos again. Omos is, is just there. Styles is Styles. Versus RK Bro. I love the team of Randy Orton and Matt Riddle. Um, we were all questionable about it first. I think that there was really no denying that they were going to win the titles here. Uh, almost dominated the early action. He took the fight to Riddle before tagging out so Styles could continue the beating. Riddle eventually made the hot tag to Randy Orton. He entered the match, tossed Styles around the ring, got several shots in on Omos. Riddle took out Omos on the outside, driving the Giant to the ring before Styles dropped him with a moonsault. Chaos led to a flurry between Orton and Styles in the ring. Orton hit a nice RKO for the victory. Uh, smart match placement. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, you put something in the beginning that's fairly decent. You know, you get the crowd interested. Um, a lot of people, myself included, one of my friends even said the same thing. That you could have put Goldberg and Bobby Lashley here. But knowing the shit show that that turned out to be, I think that it's better that we didn't do that. Because that was, a, that was one of... I'll get to that in a little bit. That was probably... And I know that this is going to sound like an exaggeration. 15 plus years as a fan, I've seen the good, the bad, and the very ugly. The match itself between Bobby Lashley and Goldberg was one of the worst matches I've ever seen in my life. And maybe that's because I can't stand Goldberg. Because I think Goldberg comes back now. Goldberg is just coming back, taking these major opportunities away from other guys. I could sit here and name 15 other guys that Bobby Lashley could have had a solid 
championship match with. Other than Goldberg. I mean, it's just... It's just... You know what I mean? Like, it's just why... You know, you can go on the Goldberg tirade if you want. Why are we having... I can't even sit... I can't... I really can't. I really can't. The match stopped. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. My fucking fucking blood sugar's high. I'm literally, like, just all over today. Um... So, RK-Bro wins the Raw Tag Team Championship. Good for them. I love them as a team. We love them as a team. You know. We can't really say too much great about tag team wrestling nowadays in WWE. But one positive thing that we can say is that RK-Bro is a pretty dope team. Uh, Eventually, I'm assuming that, like most tag teams, leads to an inner turmoil match between Orton and Riddle. But uh, for now, let them ride with the titles. Uh, Let them enjoy this and and good for them i think that that was good what wasn't good was alexa bliss and eva marie alexa bliss maybe it's just me they did the run with alexa and bray and people loved it and then alexa started to become the main cast and i listened to some different podcasters here and they were right about this they said alexa was starting to become the main act and Bray Wyatt at the time, The Fiend, was the side act. Bray Wyatt was supposed to be the main act and Alexa was supposed to accompany him. But Alexa has owned this fucking gimmick to astronomical levels. Now it's almost just like, what is Alexa doing? Like, what are we what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just... Eva Marie, her first run was arguably maybe considered a lot by a lot of people the worst female wrestler of all time she has gotten better since her return but i still cannot care about anything that she does this match gave you nothing of any substance bliss easily turned aside every early attempt from eva marie dewdrop was on the outside again added nothing uh bliss then hit a ddt to score the win I don't even have notes for this match. This is off of CBS Sports, by the way. It's just, it's like, what are we, what are we doing here, right? Um, Eva Marie tried to blame Dewdrop for the loss. Dewdrop took the microphone and announced Eva Marie was the loser of this match. As expected, the match without substance, this was absolutely cringe and a waste of everybody's time. But this is SummerSlam, the biggest party of the summer. U.S. Championship match. I really like this match. Um, I've been a big guy, a big Damian Priest guy, and almost an even bigger Sheamus guy. I think Sheamus is great, man. I mean, it's just, you look at some of the work he's done the last year or so, stuff with Jeff Hardy, all it, Saint Sheamus has just been an absolute beast. And, uh, you know, obviously the push is going towards Damian, but Sheamus is one of those guys where it's like he deserves a long run. Sheamus is one of those guys where... You look at a guy, another one, does everything. Well, people get behind Sheamus. Sheamus has so much potential, and they put him in the mid-card, and it's just like this guy could be a main eventer. He really could. At this stage in his career, a lot of people may not look at Sheamus that way, but I think Sheamus is fantastic, and Damian Priest is great as well. Uh, Sheamus got off to a hot start. Priest stormed back. He had a Falcon Arrow. 
Priest knocked Sheamus to the floor, hit a flipping dive over the top rope, coming up a bit short and crashing into the floor hard on the lower back. The match slowed down a bit after the incident, gave Priest an opportunity to recover. Sheamus continued to attack Priest back until the challenger was unable to fight back. So on and so forth, Priest scored a near fall towards the end of the match, sitting south of heaven. Priest was, was locked in a heel hook when he ripped off Sheamus' face mask and unloaded with a strike on Sheamus. It set up an opportunity for Priest at the reckoning to score the win. The bad bump on the early dive was scary, but Priest seemed to get his feet back under the, as the match went on. He eventually hit Sheamus, eventually hitting his stride with Sheamus for a solid final stretch. Damian Priest wins the United States Championship. Maybe it's just me. I don't think the championship looks terrible. I miss the old United States Championship. Again, sometimes like WWE, remember when they, they unveiled the Universal title? Like, like they unveiled the Universal title and it was the, the title itself was a fucking Jolly Rancher. Finn Balor won the title and after he got hurt, I was at that show by the way, after he got hurt, the title hasn't meant anything until Roman Reigns just recaptured it. So the title pretty much existed for four years. Man. Man, oh man. Damian Priest beats Sheamus. Good for Damian Priest. Hopefully that. I'd like to see this feud continue. SmackDown Tag Team Championship. I don't know what it was. I just couldn't get into it. It wasn't a bad match. I just couldn't get into it. Uh, the Usos defending their SmackDown Tag Titles against the Mysterios. I love Dominic since he came. He doesn't have any charisma. I listened to somebody else say that the other day. Dominic does not have any type of charisma. He is a stale as cardboard. He's not terrible. He's just stale. Um, Rey Mysterio and his son Dominic. Now what? I like that they're having this run together. But I was one of those people who I said exactly this. I said, Rey Mysterio's final match should be against his son at WrestleMania. I'm not going to be that guy that sits and says, this guy should wrestle. It's their decision when they want to retire. I said that Rey Mysterio's final match should be against his son, Dominic, and Dominic should beat him and unmask him. That sounds great to me. I almost don't even want to go over this match. I just didn't care. Um, Rey was out of the ring. Jay continued to tell Dominic to crawl to his father to make the tag. Repeatedly cut him off before the younger Mysterio could reach his corner. Dominic was eventually able to hit a suplex reversal. He made a hot tag, allowing Ray to run through both Usos before running into a super kick from Jimmy. Jay countered a Ray springboard with another super kick and an Uso splash, but only scored a two count. Jimmy tried to follow his brother in. He missed a splash. The Usos hit a tandem of super kicks, and Jay hit one final Uso splash for the win. Predictable result, but a fun enough ride. Ray is still carrying the vast majority of the work for the team with Dominic. He's not quite there yet. A perfectly fun tag title match. I guess. I guess. Um. Man, do I feel like shit. Man, do I feel like shit. Um, now we're going to get to, and I want to apologize to some people because I'm usually not kind of like scattered all over like this. Like I said, I've kind of been going through some things. So I know my brain, just the way I sound, I'm sound all over the place. 
and I don't sound necessarily correct. Anyways, I know I'm like dragging through this because uh, I feel kind of crappy. Now what for Ray and his son? Honestly, now what? Good they kept the titles on the Usos. Uh, now we get to a very bad screw-up of the night. A good moment that they, like I said, WWE tends to ruin these good moments. Bianca Belair defending her SmackDown Women's Championship was supposed to be against Sasha Banks. Uh, Todd, not Todd Grisham, Jesus Christ. Greg Hamill, Todd Grisham, I wonder what he's up to. Um, Greg Hamill announces Sasha cannot compete. I said, okay. We said, okay. Because of COVID, kind of a bummer. And he announced, I was thinking at this point when they said Sasha couldn't compete that they were going to just come out with a surprise right away. But now I actually look at the way they did it and I actually think it was better. I actually think the way they went about the surprise was better than what I actually pictured. They brought out Carmella and I was thinking, and I think we all were thinking as Carmella was coming to the ring, like, you're not going to have a hyped up feud between Sasha Banks and Bianca. And then you're just going to have Carmella come out. And she's going to be the replacement and Bianca's going to retain. Like, I feel like we all kind of knew, like, all right, like, you know, like, all right, like, you know, get Carmel out of the way. Like, what, like, what's happening here? You know what I mean? Like, who, who are we, uh, who is she actually facing? Like, because we all, we all knew, like, come on, you know what I mean? Um... And they were getting ready for the match. And all of a sudden, Becky Lynch's music hits. And that's who I was thinking. Because you watch wrestling as long as I have. And you start to almost call spots before they happen. It's not. It wasn't necessarily a prediction. But I kind of had a feeling. I'm like, well, this is the spot for Becky Lynch to come back, right? Becky Lynch music hits. She gets a great pop. She's coming back from her return to get the child. Lynch took out Carmella. Threw a challenge to Bel Air for the title match. They both stood at each other. Bouncing around in the ring for 15 seconds. Then all of a sudden they start the match. And just as quickly as they started it, they ended it. So you get the crowd worked up. You get everyone all hyped up. You know, they're staring at each other. They're doing the stare down. They're getting ready for a match, right? You want this? You want this? Let's do it right here, right now. Let's do it, right? Everyone's getting all excited. Everyone's getting all gassed up. And I start getting excited. I'm like, man, it's going to be great. I think we all kind of knew that Becky come like she was going to win the title. But she they got they gassed it up for 30 seconds to a minute. The bell rang. Becky threw her ass to the ground and pinned her and won the title and I'm like, "Are you fucking serious right now?" Are is this is is what I'm watching what you're presenting? And is what you're presenting is that what I'm watching? Can you tell me where there would be a bigger stance or a better situation to have Bianca Belair and and uh, Becky Lynch have a legit match? If this was some shit on SmackDown or this was a, a big superstar who just debuted and nobody really knows what you're going to get. Nobody really knows her or what she's about. And you squash, you squash Bianca to make a statement. Okay. But... These two, based on their skill level, had the potential to have a 15 to 20 minute classic. 
And it's not, it had nothing to do with Becky walking out with the title because I think we all knew when she came out, that's what was happening. It was the fact that you shit on Bianca's reign, which basically started the push in January, and you wasted it on a 30-second match with Becky Lynch. This was fucking terrible. A prime example, WWE takes a great moment, and they fucking ruin it. That's exactly what it was. There's no nobody that said after that happened, oh, that was cool. Yeah, it was cool Becky Lynch came back. It was not cool that she squashed Bianca in 30 seconds at your third biggest show of the year. Where else are you having Bianca and Becky have a classic? Where is it more appropriate? There's fucking 50,000 fans in the Raiders' new stadium at one of your biggest shows of the year in SummerSlam. You bring Becky back. All right, that's part one. Why is she squashing Bianca? I almost would have rather have seen Bianca fight or face Carmella, have a solid match and retain the title. That really rubbed me the wrong way. That really pissed me off. And it pissed a lot of people off. Good to see Becky back. So sorry to Bianca. So sorry how they went about this great decision that was not great. Then it seems like the tides kind of continued of shitness. Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. Drew McIntyre has still somewhat remained relevant. Jinder Mahal is about as stale as a cardboard box. The guy plays his gimmick well, but he's... he. I can't retell... Even when he won the WWE title, he didn't even... The reign was one of the worst reigns in WWE history. I missed most of this match. McIntyre went for an early Claymore, but Mahal rolled out of the ring. He was able to beg off, take off cheap shots, yada, yada, yada. Corner to corner, hit a future shock and a claymore. Veer and Shanky ran to the ring. McIntyre grabbed his sword to chase him off. A quick win for McIntyre. This match had absolutely no purpose in SummerSlam. Look at these two guys, Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. They have history together. And you gave me that shit. I really, I just, I'm trying. I'm trying to understand it, guys. I really am. I know I sound like a negative crab dick on this podcast because I'm in a somewhat shitty mood. I'm kind of agitated about different things. Um, that's that. Then we get to a pretty good match. Um, you know, I kind of knew how this was going to go. It's like WWE has a situation where when they're done with a new talent as a champ, they automatically give the title back to Charlotte and let her hold the title until they can find an actual placeholder. That's what they, that is what they do. If they take Nikki Ash, they gave her the title. Great. She really did nothing with it. Her gimmick, you know, no disrespect. I like Nikki cross, but her superhero gimmick is just kind of cheesy, right? They give the title to Nikki Ash. And then of course on your biggest, one of your biggest stages, you got to give it back to Charlotte because Charlotte, like I said, not only is she the chosen one, Charlotte is the placeholder until they find someone else they want to have the title. The other person wins the title. They hold it for X amount of time. Charlotte wins the title back at the biggest moment. Again, just keep adding to Charlotte's legacy because screw every other female in the division. Keep adding to Charlotte's legacy and 
when they find someone else they want to give the title to, they'll have them do that. But protect Charlotte Flair at all costs. Put a bulletproof vest on her. Um, and, and there's no disrespect. I think Charlotte Flair is fantastic. We all do. Rhea Ripley's good. Nikki Ash is pretty solid. Charlotte Flair is fantastic. We all think that. But, you know, it's just she doesn't need a championship to prove that. And that's one of those things where it's just like, I don't understand kind of why, why, I just don't understand why. Um, big moves from this match, Flair hitting a moonsault. This was actually a pretty good match. I didn't really get into it because I felt like I knew the outcome before it actually happened. This was a pretty solid match. Um, you know, it's, it's. It is what it is. Uh, Nikki got some near falls on Flair. I kind of like the ending of this match because I was thinking that Nikki Ash was going to tap from the figure eight. But then I kind of thought about it and I'm like, maybe she'll make it to the ropes or she'll start to make it to the ropes. I like when a wrestler sells a submission for a long time. They sell the submission for a long time and then they eventually succumb to it because it, it sells the submission in the move. So that was a good ending and the match was pretty good itself. Uh, again... No entertainment from Charlotte winning. Any, any result from this match would have not been entertaining for me. Rhea Ripley winning would have done nothing for me. Charlotte winning did nothing for me. Nikki Ash retaining did nothing for me. It's just, you know. And that's how I felt about this show. I just felt like it was just decisions and things that just it didn't make sense. We get to something that was pretty damn cool. Um, they gave it an A+. Plus. I'm going to sit and say this. I'm going to say the match was very good. I felt it could have been a little bit better. Um, a lot of people may have thought that. Somebody said, when was the last time Seth Rollins lost to submission? Very good point. Very, very good point. Edge came out to the Brood's entrance, and he fucking killed it. He came out to the Brood's entrance, and about halfway through, it switched over to uh, Alter Bridge. Edge came out. Rollins came out. This was a good match. Rollins' attack was nothing of consistent. He hit strikes, executioner, near falls. Both men ran through some of the great greatest hits. Rollins went for a pedigree before Edge hit a, a glam slam. That's a tribute to his wife. Pretty cool moment. Rollins continued looking for opportunities to hit a stop before Edge hit a spear through the ropes, sending both men crashing into the floor at ringside. Back inside the ring, Rollins countered. He was able to kick out before hitting a super kick to Edge's neck and running in for another attempt at a stop. Edge caught Rollins' foot and turned it into into his old Edge Cater submission, which Rollins was able to fight through. Edge was then able to pick up a win with a cross-face sleeper. I don't recall the last time Seth Rollins tapped out via submission. I think a lot of people kind of feel the same way. Um, I don't really recall. Maybe it's just me. Uh, this was very good. I love seeing Edge's entrance. He killed the Brood's entrance. Um, Edge defeats Seth Rollins via submission. Very good match. One of the worst matches of all time. I'm going to do my best to try to have a positive enforcement here when I talk about Bobby Lashley defending his world title against Goldberg. I feel like Goldberg botched anywhere from 12 to 15 times in this three-minute match. I just don't get it, and I'm not going on because I'm not wasting my breath on it. I'm not. I don't get it. I don't get why they brought him back. I don't get why he gets a world title match. I don't get why they thought that he was going to look good in his world title match. 
I can tell you one thing I will say is this feud's not over. As bad as that sounds, as as much as that makes people's ears bleed, because once his once Bobby attacked his son post match, you know it's crown jewel. Here we come, right? Lashley came back with clubbing blows to the back. Forget what happened in the beginning. Who gives a shit? Lashley went to the top rope. He was caught by Goldberg, who threw him across the ring before MVP pulled Lashley from the ring to avoid a spear. Goldberg followed to the outside and hit a spear. Goldberg tried to hit another spear in the ring. MVP hit his hit him in the knee with his cane, and Lashley hit a chop block. Lashley tried to put Goldberg in the hurt lock before hitting another chop block. After more attacking from Lashley, Goldberg was unable to get to his feet. I actually, honest to God, believe this was a real injury. I believe that he actually hurt himself because he couldn't get the spear. I don't know if that was real or not, the, the spear selling, what have you, right? He couldn't get the spear. Anyways, he didn't give a shit. MVP slid Lashley a steel chair, continued to attack him. His son thought it was a good idea to jump in the ring, leaped onto Lashley. He put him in the hurt lock. Knocked his son's ass out. The match wasn't worth anything. That was knowing coming in. The finish was terrible. Brought the crowd even down. Appears to have set up a rematch. And, you know, CBS is just killing it. He said it appears to set up a rematch. However, which is yet another thing no one is asking for. Lashley wins gold. Retains his title via referee stoppage. And that's, you know, I saw the disaster coming in and a lot of you probably did as well. Why am I wasting my time? Why did we waste our time? This was a world title match at one of your biggest shows of the year. Keep Repeat that in your head as long as you want and realize how jacked up that sounds. This was a world title match at one of your biggest shows of the year. And it was one of the worst matches I have ever seen. I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't, you know, you have to be realistic with someone like Goldberg, Right. But even if they had a five, six minute match, make it the best five, six minutes that you possibly can. Bobby Lashley, I know in his head, he was like, this is just ridiculous. I feel bad for Bobby Lashley that he had to actually go through this. And I'm, I feel bad for the fans they had to witness it. And I feel even more bad for MVP, he had to witness it up close, as well as the announcers. And anybody on TV, myself included, I automatically have PTSD from this. This is a joke. But it'll continue. Now we talk about two men that saved the day in an absolute fantastic match. You know, it's sad when you look at someone like John Cena, you kind of get to the point where he's like, oh man, he came to the ring, he lost weight, he was a little bit, I don't want to say out of shape. John Cena held his own. Could this match have been better? I'm always one of those guys, and I know people hate that. I'm a could this match have been better kind of person. Yeah, the match could have been better. But the match was great. The ending was great. And the way Lesnar came out was even better. Um, John Cena versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Cena went for a quick roll-up. Could you imagine if he would have got it? He taunted Reigns, reminding him he only needed a three count. Cena rolled up Reigns with a small package for another two count. Tired of the antics. Reigns repeatedly dropped Cena with big strikes. An attitude adjustment. Reigns caught Cena in a sleeper hold, dragging him to the canvas as he wrenched the hold. Cena managed to fight back, break the hold, and try to set up his five-knuckle shuffle, only to be pulled into a guillotine and hit with a Superman punch from Reigns. Cena was eventually able to hit the shuffle and an attitude adjustment for a near fall. Cena then locked Reigns in the SDF. Champ was able to get to the ropes. Reigns again on the attack. Cena countered a spear outside the ring by putting Reigns through an announce table. Very nice moment. 
Uh, dragged Reigns back into the ring. Another near fall. Cena hit another attitude adjustment. Reigns countered. Now, this is where it gets like... How super is Roman Reigns, right? Uh, Reigns missed the spear. He hit the, hit the ring post. Cena took him to the corner. He hit an AA from the second rope. Went to pin him immediately. So it wasn't even like one of those situations where... Both guys are, are exhausted. They wait some time. And then they go for the pin. And then he kicks out just after two. He went... He did his finisher from the second rope, which I remember him doing on Bobby Lashley and a bunch of other wrestlers. And Roman Reigns kicked out right away. Couldn't we have at least protected the Super AA? Please? Couldn't we have at least protected the Super AA and said, you know what? We're going to protect this at least. But no, we do it for Roman. Roman, and no disrespect, Roman Reigns is great. After a back and forth exchange, Reigns hit two Superman punches. He then hit a spear and got the pinfall to retain his title. Uh, pretty much no time after Roman Reigns retained his championship, Lesnar made his way to the ring. Lesnar nodded at Reigns before Reigns ducked out of the ring. As he was urged by Paul Heyman, Reigns held up his title, walked up, and Lesnar posed in the ring. And then, of course, as the show ended, uh, Lesnar actually attacked John Cena. I think this was as it went off the air. Great to see Lesnar back, uh, but the problem is, is that the match like Roman and Lesnar, that would happen at SummerSlam. Bianca and, and, and uh, Becky at SummerSlam, and that's the problem, is that you just, you had a big moment on your big show, now how do you go forward with it? That's what I'm interested to see, but like I said, the show itself wasn't really that great. There were some good moments, but nothing about it really rubbed off as SummerSlam, so I can't really sit here and tell you that. Dynamite itself... Listen, man, CM Punk, it is what it is. Uh, and then we have TakeOver, which should be pretty solid tonight. But I appreciate everybody for listening. 38 minutes is a long-ass time. Thank you for making those 38 minutes, for dedicating those 38 minutes to me as part of your day. Hope everyone enjoys themselves, and I will see you next time.